Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Crowcast again this Sunday night, the 5th of March, uh, 2023. Um, coming off another great uh, win in the pre-season for the Crows, and lots and lots to talk about. And joining me, as always, and I'll make sure he's unmuted so we can actually hear him, Maka, how are you going, mate? Very good, thanks, Ben. Very kind of you to unmute me. Well, you know, I do what I can, do what I can. And uh, look... A fantastic uh, uh, hit out again on Friday night and uh, lots to talk about, mate. You would have been fairly impressed. I really was. It was um, a pretty good, uh, well, overall it was pretty good, but there was one patch in the third quarter. Um, and I'll talk about that later, what, what kicked that uh, patch off. Um, but overall, you'd have to say three and a half quarters of very, very good football. Yes, I agree with that, uh, particularly the first quarter. And uh, as you mentioned, we will go into it in lots of depth as we go through. I uh, have to say welcome and thank you for everyone who's joined us on Discord. We have a nice little studio audience there building, currently about 20. Don't forget that we are live and interactive. So uh, there's a few people, I think, that are looking maybe to call in, Mac, and uh, we welcome that, don't we, mate? We do. Actually, I would... Uh, I know a couple are going to come up already, but I, I'd like to call one up. And that's Vardy Magic. I reckon it's about time he had a crack. <laughs> Don't you reckon, thing? Oh, look, it's long overdue, mate. Long overdue. So we'll see if he's got the uh, if he's got the agates. Uh, also, welcome to everyone who's joined us on YouTube. Of course, the YouTube chat and the Discord chat. Uh, merge so everyone who's chatting on any platform that we're streaming on tonight can see everything else which is just the wonders of modern technology mate uh, welcome to also to everyone who's listening on demand or those few who are listening to us live on Spreaker don't forget if you are listening to us on audio through iTunes or whatever drop us a review drop us a like um, make your comments known uh, it's always good to hear um, what people think and uh, where um where there's some feedback, we always listen to it. Um, now, mate, first things first, um, we have to make sure that uh, everyone's aware of our competition. So we have our fantasy league is going. Um, I'm th- not sure 1990 might be able to drop something in chat uh, when he's here um, about the fantasy league, but I think one league is full. I'm not sure whether anyone else has taken us up um on uh on the second league but there's a second league there if anyone else wants to join us so go ahead also our tipping comps available so um uh, crack into that the links to both of those are in our discord uh, channel under competitions um so make sure you crack in uh, on that uh 1990 says that there's three in on the second league already so uh so let's see if we can fill that up as well so we can have two good leagues going of course, there will be prizes at the end of the season for that. bit of merch. Um, so get around it. All right, Mac. Uh, and yes, uh, Vardy also says make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, we're really trying to uh, get those subscriptions up uh, over a 1,000 if we can so we can do a little bit more. 
Um, so get around us on YouTube if you can and like and subscribe. That would be awesome. And also share your links with your friends who barrack for the crows and may not currently be aware of us. All right, that's enough of the gratuitous plugging, Macca. Um, yep. So overall, uh, what did you think? Well, what I did like was our intensity. We start off with them. I mean, it's one thing to have ability in your side, a certain amount of ability, but if you don't use it to your maximum, well, you're not, you're not going to win a lot of games. And I thought our intensity, and we maintained it for nearly the whole game, just a little lapse at the uh, uh, last half of the third quarter. Um, we were probably not at our best, but I reckon for the rest of the game, I, I would say I can't pick out a player who didn't get, you know, didn't play with intensity, whether they played well or whether they played uh, medium, etc. Um, they've got buy- Nick, Nick Nixon's got buy-in from these players. He has definitely got buy-in. They, they're, they're really trying. And um, the other thing that really impressed me is that some of the really good players, apart from Laird, etc., were the young boys that we really want to become our stars of the future. I think some of them, and we'll go through that, but some of them are very, very impressive. Yeah. No, look, uh, I agree. Um, going back and having a look at the uh, replay as I was chopping it up for a little bit of uh, live um, highlights uh, that we'll show in a little minute. I'm, prob- I'm probably tempering my previous enthusiasm a little bit, Macca, a little bit. Um, we got off to a flyer, and I think uh, that flyer was largely due to West Coast just not being at the intensity that they needed to be um, for the first quarter. Um, the rest of the game until probably the last 15 minutes or so, it was relatively even on the scoreboard. Um, I felt like we had some really good patches of play. Our general... Uh, our general um, what? How can I say? Our tenacity at the ball, our, our aggression at the contest was fantastic. I think we've still got some work to do with regards to our connection from our midfield to our forward... 50 um, and I still think we've got some work to do with our centre square um, setups well yes the, the centre square setups um, they, I think they ended up about breaking even if I remember rightly um, so I mean they had, they had a couple of decent players in the centre square too so in fairness to that um, so but blokes like we were running a lot of juniors through there as well, though, Fane. You've got to take that into account. We didn't necessarily put um, our, our, at any one time, three senior players in there. We always we were uh, playing at least one, if sometimes two, of the young blokes uh, through there, and I th- which I thought was a great thing. Well, you're preempting, you're, you're, pre- you're assuming what I'm going to say. Um, it's, it wasn't about the cattle. In the midfield, uh, it was about it was about the setups um, and also our ruck, um, whether it was um, Rob or Elliot. Our rucking was ordinary during the course of the game. Um, I, I felt like both our boys in the ruck around the grounds were ordinary uh, during the course of the game. I felt like Elliot was uh, just half a beat late to just about every contest he went to on the weekend on Friday night, Mac. Um, so his intensity, I, I feel like 
Whether it's intensity, probably more con- concentration, I think, with Elliot. He just seemed to be half a beat behind, and uh, we'll see some footage there that'll that'll back that up. Look, and I'm not the the good thing that uh, I thought our midfield displayed, and 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 it's a very important point because you can get your mat- you can get your setups wrong, and you can get your matchups wrong in the midfield. But I think in the past, what the Crows, uh, certainly in the recent past, what the Crows have been guilty of is once the ball is lost in the midfield, sagging off. And I'll, you'll see as we go through some video later on, Mac, um, what we didn't do in this game, and I didn't look closely enough in the Frio game, but I suspect it was the same. The second effort, staying at the contest, staying at the play with the ball and forcing turnovers in that first little um, piece of play after a set of bounce was critical. And the amount of times we actually actually ended up getting a a clearance or a rebound off half-back because of the pressure that we applied when Frio got... For, uh, when S, uh, Oh, my God. When West Coast got first use was exceptional. And that, more than anything else, was why our midfield um, beat the West Coast midfield, uh, uh, certainly in centre-bounce clearances. It was that pressure and that ability to stay at the contest uh, that was key. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you've said there because um, the type of guy that was in there, I mean, Saligo, for example, I mean, he he, is a, he creates massive pressure. Um, even if, whether that's to get the ball or whether that's to prevent somebody getting the ball or getting somebody who's got the ball. I mean, 100%er. And Laird um, um, Laird's always good at it and very um, always good at it. So um, I, I think... Our midfield is never going to be regarded as what top, even top ten midfield. But I think it's no, going I to be. No, I disagree with that. Disagree with that, well, well, perhaps I'm a bit harsh, but it's there. Are, you could name probably at least half a dozen midfielders that are probably the better. Yeah, but, right um, now, right now, like at this very moment. But well, uh, we've got now. some. Well, I mean, the potential that is there in the midfield, Jake Saligo had an extremely underrated game in terms of the minutes that he played around the contest. When he was around the contest, he made things happen and there's some stuff that he did in the midfield that was fantastic. And he is clearly a a natural midfielder and uh, he's going to be immense for us this year. Harry had a quiet one, I felt, was a bit in and out of it. Rory Laird was excellent. Um, Sloney, when he went in there, was quite good. Uh, Sam Berry again, another monster. He's just uh, just turning into an elite power midfielder. Fantastic. So I don't, I don't think we're uh, outside the top ten even now in terms of midfield, Mac. I, th- I think that's underrating us. Well, I'm saying that's where I think we're probably around something between six and ten at the moment. But that in the the real positive about it is though the guys we're talking about. Saligo, I mean, this is really his first year getting a crack at the midfield. And Rochelle and Rankin and uh, even Schoenberg, they, these aren't very experienced players. And if you take what they're going to produce by the end of the year compared to what they're producing now, they, if they follow a normal natural upcurve, they should be uh, taking our midfield perhaps up into the top six midfields. But um, I can only call it as I see it at, see it at the moment. 
Mate, that's what I've got you on the on the bloody blower for, mate, to have your opinion. And uh, I, I certainly appreciate exactly where you're coming from, um, uh, but I'm, I'm quite bullish about them. Irrespective of where, where we would rate them right now, I'm very bullish about them uh, going forward. Joshua Shelley, again, uh, through the midfield, uh, some fabulous stepping through traffic. His composure through traffic is fantastic. Uh, we've got some real players there and, uh, you know, everyone bangs on about we need a big midfielder and all the rest of it. Well, Sam Berry's our big, big midfielder. He is a monster through the midfield and uh, the blokes that we've got around him uh, and Rankin to get more minutes as well are just fleet of foot and they're light on their feet and they show good uh, awareness in traffic. Uh, it's a really good combination. What I worry about is that they're not going to get a lot of first service um, from Riley O'Brien um, because he's been ordinary this pre-season, in my opinion. Well, uh, even again, he was ordinary again. Um, I mean, his effort was a lot. I thought his effort was good. I mean, you, you could see him trying, but look, he's he he's a, the furthest thing from a ballet dancer that you could imagine. I mean, he's almost unco, <laughs> isn't he? Oh, and, um, not almost, nothing almost about it. <laughs> it's right, completely I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, but, and if you could count the number of clear taps, you know, on one hand, and the one that really stands out for me was in the uh, halfway through the third quarter when it's in the West Coast forward line and it's very close to the goals. So up goes O'Brien, clean, beautiful tap. Straight down to a West Coast bloke standing right on his own, you know, just just facing the goal. He just has to kick a goal. Well done, <laughs> Rob. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, uh, look, we've had a we've had a, a fair few seasons now of, of Riley's ruck work, and uh, I don't I don't see a lot of improvement. Mac, uh, we bang on about the same old things. They didn't have their their number. They had a young lad rucking West Coast, and uh, he. I reckon he towed Rob up at, at centre bounce. Uh, around the ground it wasn't much of a, a thing, but certainly at centre bounce uh, he got destroyed, Riley O'Brien. That kid's only played 14 games. Yeah. The one that was rocking against him. I mean, which I, O'Brien should have monstered him. He should have. Should have. But he didn't. Yeah. Because the other bloke could actually jump. That was the first thing. And the second thing, the other bloke, if he ever did put his hand, it was trying to direct it to a player. Whereas Rob, I don't know what he's trying to do. Well, you know what he's trying to do. He's trying to put it down wherever he can. <laughs> There's no method to what Riley's doing, really. Although, I mean, look, no, that's a bit harsh. There was a few times where he was able to get hand on the ball where he did put it in a good position. But by and large, we know what Riley does, and that's taps it to the convenient location. So um, um, do you feel like having a look at some highlights, Mac? Have you got um, Have you got access to the vision there or I've got vision you've got vision um what we might do beforehand if there's anyone uh, that wants to have a, a a say before we get into having a look at some of the highlights um feel free now would be a good time to do it uh, so stick your hand up if anyone wants to have a chat um and we'll do that we'll try and do that before we start going through some of the vision um so uh, now's the time um, Mac, just uh, the other thing while we're waiting for people to uh, like Vardy to get their uh, get their big boy pants on, um, Darcy Fogarty up forward, mate. How's that looking? Well, he 
Well, he's really just progressed from last year, hasn't he? He came good at um, last year, about halfway through the season. And I think he likes the feeling. He really liked the feeling because I think he looked even more powerful and more monstrous uh, in that first quarter in particular. I mean, he was good for the game, but um, that first quarter, three goals off, off memory. And, um, yeah, look, he, he's going he's gonna to kick a lot of goals this year because he's, he's really got the belief that he's good. And he's gonna, and he really has got the taste for wanting to do well. What I'm seeing too from Darcy is a lot of work, a lot of work uh, without ball in hand. So he's working up and down those wings. Um, he's you know double leading and all that sort of stuff. He's really taken on the mantle as our number one forward, I think. And we noticed that Tex bobbed up late when uh, Darcy went off, but really it was the Darcy show prior to that. Um, but you have those two blokes, uh, Tex and Darcy, coming up high and playing that elastic band type of forward setup um, with uh, you know our little crummers. Luke Pedler, I thought, had a really good game as well up forward. Um, mm. We probably didn't get enough out of Elliot Himmelberg or Riley O'Brien when they played forward, um, but uh, certainly uh, Darcy was a standout. Himmelberg um, did th- have chances. I think he kicked three points. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, he kicked um, he kicked a couple of points, but he again, and you'll probably see in the vision I've done the vision that I've done is one on our centre bounce stuff, which I'll do first, and then I've done some stuff on our centre bounce clearances and our oh, sorry, our forward fifties, and you'll see that quite frequently, Elliot, as I said, is just one step off. He's just late to a lot of contests. Um, you know, and and whether that's a poor kick into the forward line or whatever, I'm not quite sure. But um, he's just got to be a bit more switched on. Um, at at times, he can be just just off the pace, and he had one of those games on the weekend. I th- I felt Mac. Yeah, uh, the one thing I will give him credit for uh, was the fact that he did actually get himself involved in the play, even if he didn't necessarily always get the ball, and yep. which is. And sometimes in the past, you, you don't see him. But at least he did, and also I thought he was putting in a lot of effort. Um, you're right that at times he just wasn't quite there. Um, but uh, I, I think he's on the right track at the moment. He, I'd have to say he's heading upwards rather than flat or downwards. I'm happy to have him in. Uh, the interesting one was Riley Thilthorpe, uh, not played in the main game. He played minutes uh rucking in the seconds. They had three quarters after that and there were some good performances in that. Uh, Lucky Gallant kicking a couple and um, Riley pretty much rucking most of the time with Kieran Strawn. I found it interesting that they decided to uh, to have him back there. It says to me that he's not in round one considerations. Well, that definitely says that, doesn't it? And um, Nick's has got a very hard edge to himself. Um, with Nick's, he makes an... Uh, he will make an opinion of, of where a player's at and with what he's giving and whether he thinks there's a lot not being given, etc. And he's obviously made that uh, judgment about Phil Thorpe. And I have to agree with that. I mean, Phil Thorpe kicked five goals in his first AFL game. Now, if you, if you had an even uh, chart, you should see a gradual rise. But that hasn't happened with Phil Thorpe. And... I think one of the problems was that Thorpe had a couple of poor games and then I think he lost confidence and he lost belief in himself. And um, 
I don't think he'll get he'll get played until he's starting to dominate in the twos. Well, here's what I reckon, Mac. I reckon they want him to have three or four games rucking in the twos, and then mm-hmm. he'll take over from Riley O'Brien. I don't think it's Thilthorpe or Himmelberg anymore. I think it's Thilthorpe or O'Brien. And I think that's what the deal is. I think they want him to run around rucking in the first, in the seconds, uh, in order for them to be able to bring him in ahead of Riley O'Brien in the first. That's what I think. You could well be right too. I mean, um, Nick's is you know he's a hard enough coach to do it if that's what he's thinking. Yeah, I mean, you know, it may not turn out that way, but I'm I'm sure that they see him as our number one ruck going forward and playing like a, a Grundy or a Nat Newey, that sort of type where, you know, he rucks, but he's also more or less a, a, another on-baller uh, when the ball's in general play. Yeah, well, the problem, that's, and the reason that's why he's playing in the two is because he, you know, in the, two, in the, the first trial, did he play in the first trial? Yeah, he played a little bit. Yeah, because I hardly noticed him. That's why I'm wondering whether he was in that first trial. Mm. He's obviously, obviously in match sim and 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 that first trial. He obviously hasn't got Nix's uh, heart beating fast. And um, yeah, I think you're right. He's going to have to play like three or four good ones in the ruck uh, to make a spot. All right, well, no one's uh, got the agates to put their hand up, Mac, so uh, <laughs> what we might do, I think, we'll just get us into some um, some footage of the centre bounces and we'll just have a look um, and see if I'm talking crap or whether uh, whether uh, I've actually got a point. <laughs> so we'll just uh, chuck that up here. So, uh, and I've just gone through them, so I'm not going to stop at every one. Um, I'll stop at a few points, but you can see already, like, Riley's been beaten at the first two there. But it's the harassment when the ball hits the deck that is the key, right? So that was a good tap by Rob, uh, although Sam got wrapped up. But have a look at that hands by Saligo to get it out. Beautiful. He's a good brilliant thing. Yeah, and McAdam in. That's the type of... So that's one clearance to Saligo. So you can see this one. Watch this one, how much they harass. Rochelle stays on him. Uh, Keys, Harry. And we force a turnover here. Now, that was indicative of how our centre bounce work happened, and, and Pet's got a bit confused with text there. But that happened regularly where we would lose the initial possession but we would harass and harass until we got the ball and then we'd clear this one I think goes out the back eventually see all this harassment and then bang hinge with a tackle see that that was consistently what was happening all day clearance by uh, Saligo off to Rochelle and he just got a bit confused there and uh, as a pity he couldn't go forward Another Saligo clearance. Yeah, he was good. Very good. That was a clean West Coast clearance. That was probably the, one of the few that they actually got. 
See, Himmelberg and O'Brien are both getting beaten to the tap there. But and credit to O'Brien and Himmelberg, they both stayed in the contest as well, and they were. In, that was only Murray's bad kick there, but um, both Ruckman were staying in the contest well. It should have been a free. And then they got paid one. That was just uh, unlucky that the handball didn't come off there. So you can see, um, Mac, even with West Coast mature bodies, like they had Shuey and Yeo and all that going in there, we were still able to continue, continually force turnovers in that first little phase. So we weren't necessarily getting first use, but we weren't sagging off when they got the ball. And that's something that we've seen in the past, particularly when it's been Crouch and, and Laird and such in the midfield, that we, as soon as they've got possession, we've sagged off. But that was not... It was quite clear, and this footage like shows it, it was quite clear that we stayed with them until that ball was gone. Yeah, but that's intensity and work rate. It, exactly. And it's concentration too. Concentration to stay with it. Yep. No, it's it's a whole package, awareness, intensity, concentration. And um, the boys that we put in there, they are, at the moment, they are very intense. But they're yeah. very, very intense. See this one again, because of the pressure, we turn it over off the back half and we're able to clear it wide and away we go. And if it wasn't for Muzzer just overcooking that kick, we would have been out there. You know, look at that. That's fantastic, that is. And look, we turn it turn it over, we get another handball out, and if that second handball had been better to Dorsey, would have been, you know, kicking it into forward 50 again. You know, that was... The... And, you know, the other thing that I think is underrated in turn, see how Himmelberg was just late to that contest there? Mm-hmm. He's late to that ruck contest. Well, he was to a couple, but he, yeah. But he stays with it, which is good. Even Matty Crouch got a couple of CBAs. And that's that's the thing. Riley O'Brien stayed in the contest there and laid that tackle to turn it over, and that's what you know. And that's what we lacked in in years, seasons past, recent seasons past. Is we wouldn't have had the players there to take to produce those second or third efforts to turn the ball over previously. Mm, I agree. You know, so the ball movements here is really good, and and we're also wanting to go back into the corridor. Um, you know, even Raleigh O'Brien's kicking one in there. And see Himmelberg again late to the contest. Well, 
Hillberg will think you don't like him, mate. You're only picking out all his bad spots. No, no, these uh, this is every centre clearance. No, I'm not I'm picking any. Uh, I'm not picking anything out. And that was the end. So, you know, um, in terms of our centre bounces, do you see what I'm saying with regards to um, our setups? Not necessarily being particularly. Um, um, uh, they didn't work particularly well, but what did work was our pressure at the ball carrier when we didn't have the ball and our ability to force turnovers in that first phase before they were able to get a clean clearance away. Yeah, and that was critical, actually, because if you took, if we just rolled the clock back, say, um, to the beginning of last year, we a lot of those would have been clearances in favour of West Coast. Yeah, and the other pleasing thing about that is, as you mentioned, they they had their mature midfield in for most of it, um, and it was the young lads, Saligo in particular, but also Rochelle and Schoenberg and that, um, getting their hands on the ball. We had Mitch Hinge getting involved quite frequently off the wing. Um, you know, it's um, we're, we're not, uh, you know, I think Matt Crouch may have only attended maybe three or four, or if that, probably two or three centre bounces. Um, um, so you know, I think he was there for three or four. I think, man, because he he was involved in most of the ones that he was there. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't there for many, though. Is what I'm saying. Uh, there would have right. been twenty twenty odd centre bounces given the score. So uh, we were running. Uh, Laird uh, didn't see keys there for more than a couple. Saw Sloan for a couple, but by and large, it was Saligo. Rochelle played quite a few minutes um there uh so uh our, our young lads and our young lads were instrumental and uh, as i mentioned to you before um the uh ability for them to step through traffic and be constructive and stay with the contest when uh west coast had the ball in that first phase was fantastic yep um i think he's only intended to i think um give you an idea how well our midfield did go Kelly, who was supposed to be the star for West Coast, um, I remember late in the second quarter, he got a kick. I thought, shit, he's playing. And it turned out it was only his second touch for the for the game. So uh, full credit to our mids. Yeah, um, you know, he, he did have a dirty game. And he was basically carrying their midfield last year, Tim Kelly. So... Um, you know, not a no slouch by any stretch. Um, did very well. Let's have a look at the forward fifty entries because I wasn't as enamoured about the connection between midfield and forward this year as I was uh, this week as I was last week. Mac, well, let's have a look. Well, particularly early on, we wasted a lot of forward fifty entries. Uh, we spent a lot of time kicking into this little yeah. section of the ground, and we had uh, McGovern continually uh, and Barras oh. as well. Uh, you know, this sort of kick from the wing is crows of old, and like, that's just bread and butter for uh, McGovern. Yeah, you just got to mention Smith did a lot of those again. Yeah, he wasn't alone, though. It, uh, Dawson, a few. Uh, we just seemed to get caught in this little sector of the ground for a while. Um, you know, and as soon as we were able to get a bit of separation, uh, it turned out a bit better. This is all in the first quarter. Uh, Lukey Peddler kicking a snag there wasn't allowed. I thought it was a bit rough. Um, 
But when we were able to do this sort of stuff, when we were able to, that extra little kick, Macca, just to spread them, and I think Matthew Pavlich said in the in the commentary how important it was against a team at Seaberg there a bit late to the contest. Um, you know, against a team like West Coast, and this this is also the same for Geelong and also Port Adelaide, you have to spread them. If you just kick to the same quadrant all the time, you'll just get their interceptors cutting you up. And, um, you know, when we did take this extra kick, um, and I think this is one of these plays where we were able to kick the ball across the ground reasonably quickly, but then we've gone back inside. Um, so we've shifted the defence and then we've gone back. And whilst that was cut off again, you know, that's the type of stuff that we needed to be doing. And I felt after quarter time we got a bit better with our entries because we were shifting lanes. 100% right, Ben. There was, and uh, uh, Pavlich did make that comment because I think there was probably maybe anything up to four or five entries in a row that were either cleared by Barras or McGovern. Yeah, see that one again by slowly switching lanes, spreading to the defence. Um, you know, that's going to get you more, that's going to get your forwards more separation. You know, a bomb kick like this, that's just what's going to happen. It's going to, just going to be nullified. I think this one here as well. See that little kick there? Now Tex makes a mistake there because there's a nice little lead into the pocket there that he ignores. Yeah, he did. Um, and, then he, and then he just pops it on Riley O'Brien's head. And, and look, to be honest with you, Riley O'Brien should have made better of that. But Tex missed that little lead up. So when, when, yeah, a couple of times we tried to use Raleigh O'Brien as a target, and it didn't really come off. His marking form is not is not uh, what it was a couple of years ago. Uh, but this Quite is cool. another example. Yeah, this is another example. See, McCannum, just the short kick. It's that extra kick to get us to sixty-five out, and this is Rochelle. How's this for a nice little piece of dance steps? Gets around oh, the, the West Coast guy. That was Yeo, I think, or it could have been Shuey. Oh, Shuey first and then Yeo. He's got that uh, ability, that penalty type of ability to make time, Rochelle yep. has, just by body movement. Yep. See, and that's the kick that we want. And that's what we're doing against Fremantle. We're dropping the eyes quite, quite consistently, Maka, weren't we? And hitting up those 45. So, but look where we're looking there. He's not looking off to the side until the end there, but this next kick normally for the Crows would go down to the left hard forward, but we've, we're we now kicking that straight to the top, you know, and Das takes a good mark there. You know, again on the spread, and we're able to link up again with a few. And see, see again, we've not, that's, I mean, that was cut off again, but again, it's that hitting up that I like. That's completely different after quarter time, where in quarter time, uh, in the first quarter, we just bombed in to no effect. This is far more considered now. And Isaac, Isaac does not want to put this on Texas' head. 
So that's next chip kick, and now with that 65 out. And now I think Shuey tries to head into the middle again. So he's ignored the pocket, and he's gone into the top there. And again, Himmelberg's not quite there in terms of getting to the contest. That might not have been a great kick by Shuey. See Himmelberg again late, but he forces the forces the drop, but it's what happens after that. You know, and again, look, that, that was only a, a metre off being a fantastic kick as well. It wasn't particularly well well struck. But same sort of thing, kicking into that centre corridor. So, you know, a bit of a mixed bag, I reckon, Mac, in terms of our, um, in terms of our forward 50 entries. Um, some bad stuff early. Um, where it seemed like we were doing what we always did. Um, but then we seemed to tidy it up and start dropping the eyes, particularly in the second half, I reckon. Yeah, I think it started in the second quarter as well. Um, but uh, it makes a massive difference but because, as you quite rightly said, you know, bombing it from, I mean, you bombing it from about 90 out, well, you're always going to be in trouble um, or 80 metres out. Whereas if you just go that extra 20, 30 metres and get it uh, closer and then play a spread and you can actually, at times there, I reckon there would have been about half a dozen times we had options where to kick the ball because we'd spread so well. Yeah, yeah. Now, before we get into the last little bit, we've got a couple of people uh, that want to say g'day. So why don't we just get Crutito in on the action. Crotato, you ready to go as soon as you click the button there? How are you going, mate? You're on mute at the moment. Hey, guys. Can you... now we, we can hear you, mate. Let's hear what you got to tell us. Great to be here. Um, yeah. Oh, a bit robotic. I agree with everything you were saying before. Oh, oh Crotato, you're a bit robotic, mate. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, is that better? No. No, something's going no. on. With you, right. at your end, I'll come back. I'll try and fix it. it. Sounds like you're holding a vibrator, mate. <laughs> in the meantime, we've got Arab Child. We'll get you in, mate. How you going, mate? Let's see if this works. Does yeah, beautiful. Does this work now? Yeah, yeah beautiful. Fine. How are you going? <laughs> good. How are you guys going? Good. 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 What do you got to say? Um. I was just going to say a few things. One about Rob in the in the rock. I was hearing some interview. I'm not sure who said it, but they said there's two types of, of uh, ruckmen. One that just taps it down, and there's one that picks the spots for it. The one that taps it down, the midfield has to understand that they have to play that that game where it's just tackle, tackle, tackle until you get the ball forward. A great example of that was be like Richmond 2007. 2018 and 2019 whenever they won it their rockman actually if you think about it wasn't the best he would he was the same structure as rob and he would just tap it down and then the players around it dusty all that would be the aggressive kind where they would just tackle tackle until they get the ball forward and i was wondering what you guys thought of of you that's fair comment yeah it's a really good point Mm -hmm. mate it's a really good point because you're right Marich didn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of method in his uh, ruck work as well, um, but they just hassled and harassed and harassed and hassled and bustled the ball forward and, um, you know, um, 
it, it's a really good comparison to make. Very good observation. Yeah. Next thing I want to say is I feel like it's going to sound really funny, but like this team, I would when it, I, when it develops and once the players hit 50 games, because there seems to be a pattern when a player hits 50 games, they switch like Bogarty. I don't know if you noticed this, but he literally, as soon as he hit 50 games, he started kicking two, three, four, goal, three, four goals in a game. And it was just like constant. And I feel like once this team hits that, about 50 to 100 games, we will see a better team than the 2017 team because this team is built on actual players that we drafted that have stature, that have method to the game and are come from draft picks that are decent. 2017, we just have players there that had a good connection, that had a good coach. I don't know what you guys think, but for me, this team, I highly rated, I rated actually more than 2017. 17 for some reason but it's just my weird sensation about it i don't know what you guys think yeah what Mate, you're saying is you, the potential you think it's got massive potential and upside yeah definitely more than yeah i, I haven't have i haven't seen uh, a crow side play with such um camaraderie and um team spirit for quite some time uh, that's really evident yeah really evident and i think that's kind of what you're saying <laughs> Um, you know, uh, it's been a, it's been two or three years since we've really had a team that's played with intensity, that seems to be playing for each other, um, that's got each other's back. So I I think you're right there. Uh, look, 2017 and 2016, we had a very good side, very good side, but I don't see I don't see the passengers like we have, or the liabilities that we had in that side, like a guy like Richie Douglas, for example, that could be hot and cold, you know. We had three or four players yep. in that side, as good as it was, that could still be hot and cold. We don't uh, like it's very early days to be making these calls, but there doesn't seem to be that same liability. What do you reckon, Macker, about that? Yeah, I think you're right. If you went through, the, if you go through the team that they chose, um, under your description of the game, Himmelberg would have been a little bit of that. Um, he, I'm not saying that he would be normally, but and he was a little bit off in his game. Um, but if you go through all the players, most of them had reasonably good games. So, and I think that um, what, what I like about the team, there's so many players that are playing well. And if we go through like Saligo, Rochelle, etc., uh, Pedler, they, they've had they played bugger all games, bugger all games, and yet they can mm. play a, a good standard of footy now. What what are they going to be like? Uh, Oh, average child, he's quite, uh, he's quite right. You know, yeah. They Mick in the chat, Mick in the chat makes the point. I think that I was trying to enunciate before. They aren't mentally fragile. Like I remember when we were doing this cast back in 2016, 2017, um, with Pete as well. And the big knock on the crows that that came to fruition in the grand final was the mental fragility of the side. You know, and as good as we were when we were in front or playing on our terms, um, we we could go to water fairly quickly, and, and there was evidence of that through those through that period. There were games that that uh, we just really fell away, and I don't get a sense. that even last year, even though we didn't uh, win a huge amount of games, we weren't blown out that often, and the boys stayed with it um, for long periods of the game, and it was really down to experience. 
um, you know, that they weren't able to get up. Whereas, so I, I think you've made a couple of really good points, uh, Arab child, and this second one is key. I don't think, um, as Mick says, I don't think there's the mental fragility in this side that was evident in our previous um, grand final team. Yeah, there's also a lot of class. I, when I look back, I think the only person that really had like class was Eddie Betts. Like if Matt Crash and stuff, yes, they were good, but they were just on bowlers. They were players, decent players. They were not incredibly. You can rely on them to win the game for you, kind of players. They were just relied on each other. This mm. team, they want to win it off their ball. For example, Richelli last year. In the first showdown, he was like, give me the ball. I want to kick the goal after the siren. And that really like impressed me. And I'm like, okay, we have something special here where the players want to win and they don't they don't they can push each other to that next step, to that next goal. That's what I think Mate. is happening. And I think Yeah, sorry. No, go on. I was just going to say, I love your work, uh, and I'm glad you got your microphone working because uh, that was worth waiting for, wasn't it, mate? Oh, yeah. He made a lot of sense there, um, and I think he's quite right that uh, what we're looking at now will turn into a much better team. Yeah, and I think another thing I was, I've been holding back, and I just wanted to say this last week, about Riley Thitterfold. He should be on the side no matter how crap he plays until he gets to 50 games. There is something about that. I've heard this so many times. When a player, a young player, needs to hit 50 games, it's it's his little apprenticeship. I've heard this like through like my, I think Michael Shooter said it, um, King said it. There's just so many players who said this. They were like, they need to hit 50 games. That's their apprenticeship in footy. And I feel like Riley Thorpe really needs to hit that mark right now. Doesn't matter how bad he's playing, he should be on the side. What do you think, Mac? Yeah, that's a 50 50 situation because his form wasn't good. And uh... And I understand what, uh, where our child is coming from, but if you're going to have a philosophy that you have to earn your place in the side, well, then I think that Thilthorpe hadn't hasn't done that so far this year. Yeah, I think. Um, well, is it Riley's, Riley's a bit of a confidence player, and I, I suppose the danger is is if we keep. Uh, keep him in the side when he's down, it might actually have a detrimental effect. I would prefer to be playing him. Um, but then when you think about selection, where do you actually put him? And I think, you know, I think Nick's and a couple of others, uh, even Elliot Himmelberg when we interviewed him the other day, I, I think this side is no longer thinking about, uh, you know, gaining experience and all the rest of it. This side is thinking to win, rightly or wrongly. This is the attitude that they're coming into the season with, that it's time to win. And we've heard... You know, a few people say that. And if they're going to pick a side to win, I don't know whether Riley is yet in that side in the position that they want him to play. You, I don't think you can have uh, Tex, Fogg, Himmelberg and Thilthorpe in the same side with Riley O'Brien. And I don't think that Riley would be as effective as Himmelberg at the moment. And I go back to what I was saying before, I really do think that their ultimate uh, aim is to have him replace Riley Thilthor, uh, have him to replace Riley O'Brien, and so you could make a fairly good case to say, all right, 
he's going to be better served off having half a dozen games carrying the ruck work um, and getting that experience in just carrying the ruck work for a team um, in the twos uh, before they perhaps put him into the ones in that role. And I think that's what they're doing. Well, don't you think that he's a bit confused as well? Because I've heard about three or four different roles from from different coaches, from different articles and stuff. One said he wants to play in the wing. One says that he wants to be a full forward. One says that he wants to be a rock. One says that he wants to be a rock forward, rock, forward rock. And it's just like, for a kid, I feel like they he's just so talented. And he has so many good attributes that he, that Nick's doesn't really, I don't know if he does, like fully knows what he wants him to be and where the uh, player, where they want him to develop as. What do you guys think about that? I, I, nah, I think you'd find that internally he'd be very, they'd be very clear with him about where they want him to play. Yeah, I don't think he'd be mm. under any any uh, any misconceptions about what what they want him to do, and it'll pan out. I think okay. in the first half a dozen rounds as to how they use him. Uh, if he's not playing in the ones, how they use him in the twos. If they play him up forward in the twos. Uh, then we're wrong, and uh, they wanted him to develop his forward craft. But if they if they ruck him uh, along with Kieran Strawn and and have him play, you know, solid minutes in ruck in the in the twos, I think that's where we're going to see him. Mate, thank you very much for your mm-hmm. input. Um, yep. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Lovely chatting with you guys, and finally managed to get this thing working. <laughs> yeah, good on you, mate. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thanks, mate. And we've got one more animal. Come on, uh, drummers don't always make a lot of sense, Mac, but uh, animal's one of the few that uh, that does seem to make a little bit of sense on occasion. He had a good week, well, I'm going Phoenix. I don't want anyone getting any unreasonable expectations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mate, you're the, yeah. you're the backbone of the... You're the backbone of the, the organisation, mate. How are you going? Uh, people expect me to say something intelligent now. Come on, man. I, I, I don't want to put pressure on me. You've got to give us a heap of shit. I think that just goes on to my little... Uh, it was good to hear Arab Child get on because I know we had some dramas a couple of weeks in a row, but um, just going on his point about, about um, Tilthrop, it, it, it's so easy for everyone to forget how long it can take for big guys to really to really hit their straps. You know, like, and I'm not worried about being patient with Tilthrop. I'm happy for him to spend a few years in the twos, just just building up his strength, really putting on a lot of muscle in the gym in the preseason. And because I mean, it's happened before. You know, teams have tried to rush guys in early, and yeah, you know, the confidence goes away. They get a bit beaten up early, and then maybe they just don't hit the potential. So, I think he's he's a bit too valuable to rush in like that, even if it might. You know, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe maybe he does a ride out of it. But I think if we give him time and not too much pressure, and um, just let him really build up towards yeah. becoming, you know, hitting his potential, I don't think that's yeah. a bad thing. Yep, agreed. Yeah, uh, a little side note as well. Did you guys see the uh, third or fourth quarter? Uh, McAdam, he's running into the forward line. He's taken on like two guys. He's come from oh. about half up the ground. Beautiful to watch. What I'm talking about. You'll be pleased yeah, to know that cool. I've uh, captured that uh, animal and you'll see that momentarily uh, when we play our last little bit of highlights. It was very, very good. 
You know what? He's it, looking it, very man, fit, I, isn't I, he? I might be getting a bit too excited here, but it reminded me a little bit of McLeod. He just had a lot Ooh. of time, a lot of space, Ooh, composure. I, no, I, I accept that. That was a McLeod type gesture. Except McLeod, could do, he could do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was. It was. Look, McLeod was definitely uh, a bit more consistent like that. But, but just yeah. watching that, I was like, man, that reminds me of McLeod. No, it's quite freakish, and it was really good. It was lovely to watch, actually. There was a beautiful goal to come from it too, and and that was all. That was all his hard work. It was man, because when I seen him running up to those two guys, I thought, oh man, this is going to get ugly, and he's just he's just danced around him. It was beautiful. He embarrassed them. It was. It did. He hundred percent. He did. He definitely embarrassed. Them. Hey, look, the one. I, like I said in my my comment a while ago, I seen you laughed at a fan because uh, I'm going to have a whinge about the Vic Media, and look, I've done ah, this yes. before. Ah, yes. Um, I had a bit of listen to that new podcast that come out, uh, Footy Talk podcast. Yeah, and uh, they did their review on Adelaide, and it, it it never ceases to amaze me how uneducated they are on our sides altogether. It's 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 like they just don't even pay attention at all, you know. And they'll come in out, and they'll come out, and they'll have all these great things to say about all the big Victorian clubs. But when it comes to us, it's like, oh, I don't really see what they've got coming up. You know, you know, they've got Sloan and they've got Tex and they've got, you know, um, you know, they just they'll talk about all these old players that we've had for ages. But they've just yeah. got nothing to say about these guys we've got coming up. And it just never sees like I understand that it's it's not a Victorian podcast, even though they're they're supposed to be a, an all encompassing AFL podcast, right? Like don't get me wrong, if I was listening to a podcast about Carlton, I would expect them to talk about Carlton. Fair enough. Yeah. But this is the podcast that's supposed to be an AFL podcast, footy talk, right? And just to hear them, it, it's not even a bad, it's not like they're bad-mouthing us. It's just like they, it's, you know, yeah, they're clueless, like the ugly mate. guys. Ooh, the girls just don't even notice you're there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but, you know, yeah, mate, know. That's, that's, why, that's why the Crowcast started. Way back in, way back in whenever it was, 2015, it was to plug a gap because the coverage of the Adelaide Crows was not only insignificant, but the little dribs and drabs that we did get was completely uninformed, completely. Yeah, and the Vic yeah, Media don't spend better. nothing at all. And I don't know whether it's because we don't have a big market um, and so, you know, in terms of uh, clicks and, and media rankings and ratings and all the rest of it, we don't have a big market, mm-hmm. so they ignore us. I'm not sure what it is, but, um, uh, you know, even the local press are lazy. I mean, how much do we have to hear about Matty Crouch? When's Matty Crouch coming back? You know, you're going to pick Matty Crouch, blah, blah, blah. Jesus, move on, yeah, for God's yeah. sakes, you know. We're, yeah. that, that, that was last year's news. Um, so you did set right. Yeah, you can talk about Matt Grouch, and they're all like, "You look." They know he's, they know he's. You know, we've kind of moved on from him a little bit as a team, in, in a sense. And and you're right. When you hear even some of the local team, uh, local news talk about him, and how's this guy not getting picked? It's like, have you even watched the game? Yeah, like, t- yeah. Have you paid any attention to what's happening? Yeah, yeah I thought one of them. They were they were reviewing the, the attacks of each team, and they rated Adelaide's uh, attack fifteenth in the competition. <laughs> no, in fact, they did. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. It's... I believe it. 100%. But that's, that's but, but I mean, look, the talk podcast. Sorry. No, I was just to say, Adam. On the one hand, it's infuriating because you listen to these things for a reason. You you want to get some information mm. and some insight. Yeah. But on the other side yeah. of the coin, I don't mind that we fly under the radar. Doesn't bother me. 
Well, it's just going to make it sweeter if we prove him wrong, you know. Like that's that's the way I kind of look at it. Yeah, yeah. rather than poor old Kenny fronting up for his lessons a season of abuse. <laughs> well, that's the, the thing is they they tend to love talking about poor. It's, and I don't know, it's this weird thing with us. It's, yeah, they do like port. No, uh, the yeah. thing that Adelaide have got their own media department and haven't signed up for Crop Media, um, which runs uh, the. Yeah, that's what that's course, what it's yeah. all about. And that's why we yeah. hate the media. So and they they yeah. rather savage us than say a good thing about us. Yeah, like Very I remember true. even back in 2017 when we were just having you know just running shit, really, really playing well during the season. And I'd listen to this whole podcast and they'd go on about, oh, Carlton, how come they can't get it together? Blah, blah, Carlton, this, Carlton, that. And the end of the podcast, and they go, oh, and, and look at the crows, uh, they're flying. Well, thanks for joining us on the Fox League podcast. We've actually we've just destroyed whatever team we, you know, we played the third ranked team and we're on the top of the ladder and we killed them. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's all they've got to say about it. Like, what's, Love what's it. going on here, you know? Like, Love it. Oh, good like, stuff, mate. You've done well, Adam. That's my winch for the week. Yeah, well done. very good. Now, Animal, have you ever seen that Danny Carey uh, video on YouTube? Are you talking about the one where his snare drum head breaks and he has the tech come in and replace his snare while he's playing and he doesn't miss a beat? Nah, it's uh, it's a, a full video of him now. What is? I think it might be Numa that they're playing. I can't remember, but get around it. You've got to see it if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I might have to have a look. Yeah, yeah no, the, the one I've seen recently is he's, he's playing at he's playing at a tour concert live, and yeah. his snare drum head breaks, and he looks back and and for people that don't know, uh, most musicians at that level and that are touring musicians will have what's called a tech that sets up their equipment, maintains their gear, um, and just looks after him in case something goes wrong during the show. And so he's playing, and he and he breaks the skin on his snare drum, which is like the, yeah. the drum in the middle between your legs for anyone that doesn't know, and um, He's just looked back at his tech, like, and he's looking down, and you can actually hear the drum. It's, it sounds like it's broken. Yeah. And the tech, the tech sees what's going on, runs and grabs his spare, and g- takes his snare away from him. And so Danny Carey's had to, like, play other drums instead of the snare. So yeah. Improvise a little to get through this part. But he's like, pop this new snare drum in, and he started cracking. And Danny Carey just looked back at him like, well done, mate. You know, gave him the, the <laughs> smile. And it's, it's hasn't missed a beat whatsoever. Like, it's absolutely. Yeah talent on all levels to do that sort of yeah. shit you know the yeah. way he can move out of the way and give this guy space to pull a drum out that's in between his legs while yeah. playing some of the most complex drum lines out there in front of a crowd of who knows how many thousand and do you reckon they not, practice that not be mate? even phased by it do you reckon they they uh, practice the pit stop specifically do you don't know because i mean but Things like dropping drumsticks and stuff is pretty common. Like, I'd probably yeah, drop yeah, drumsticks yeah, two or three times a night, yeah. and people don't realise that you just grab another one really quickly. Yeah, but yeah. Stuff yeah. like that, not necessarily. But having said that, things do go wrong all the time, and, like, even at rehearsal. So a good way to focus on that is to be like, if it happens at rehearsal, pretend you're at a live show, how do you handle yeah, this? Yeah, that's snare? right. You know, mm-hmm. don't stop the song and go, hey, shit, yeah. my snare drum head broke. Yeah. Figure out a way to get through it, you know? So, yeah, no, I, I still just walk off. Mate, thank you. Get around Numa on uh, YouTube, mate. It's you, you. It's just a fantastic view because it's such a heavy drum song and um, the camera angles and all the rest of it. It's just uh, awesome. I might have actually seen. Is that the one with the massive percussion intro? Uh, a reasonable percussion intro, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like uh, some more like African percussion at the start. No, 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 it's not that. I'm thinking of a different. Anyway, we better straighten up, mate. We're nerding out on music now. I know, right? <laughs> we've, just, we've digressed a little too much there. Anyway, there's, there's some drum knowledge for everyone. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Right, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. No worries. Now, I did notice uh, Seeds Girl was there before and she had her hand up, but now she's buggered off. So, uh, Seeds Girl, if you come back, uh, we'll get you on. But in the meantime, there's just a couple of more highlights that we might just run through and it's just really highlighting uh bits and pieces that um uh, uh, uh such as the McAdam one that happened before so we'll just have a look at this because it just highlights the the talent that we've got that I don't think we've had for quite a while Mac um this is just a, an example of our ball movement and and I felt really smart there by O'Brien not to give it off originally to to Shuey but to actually give that other inside handball that allowed Chewy to release. This is the one with uh, the first one of Rochelle's, I think. No, it's Saligo, this one. Have a look. His instinct is to go inside, straight away. Straight away, inside. That's instinctive, that is. That's because most players would go to the outs or go to their left and get corralled on their left. That was yep. fantastic. He's got a real footy brain, a real footy yeah. brain. And again, Rochelle, the instinct to go step inside. And then sells sells the candy and clears away. Fantastic. And that's that takes confidence as well as composure. I think this he one might bubble. be this might be Peddler. And, you know, Ped's had a good game. It was, Ped looks like he's fit and ready to go. And you can see, like, these are no, that's, this is McGovern he brushes off. That's, that's McGovern that he brushes off, oh, Macca. Don't, uh, don't, yeah. let's not underestimate what he just did. And then just to pop that on the left like that, that's strong. That was one of the most impressive things in the game, Matt. Yep. So not- to push a guy like him off and then at the same time find a guy with your kick. Yep. And again, Saligo with a really nice little gif over to Dorse who was able to uh, pop it up. Didn't result in a in a mark because Elliot was a bit slack. This one again, this bang from McAdam. And then watch Rochelle swoop on this one. But again, watch where he goes once he gets the ball. Immediately to the inside, brushes. Um, what's his name? Can't remember that guy's name. You know, arms up is prepared to take on Yeo. The handball wasn't a hundred percent perfect, and then Shuey's burst, and then McAdam's burst. Fantastic. And this is the one from McAdam. The You know, he's had to slow down to gather that ball and then just to accelerate, and he's burnt off that number 28 without any problems whatsoever and then sells the little candy. Oh, I'm going to stop. No, I'm not going to stop. That was enough to give him some space. And then looking inside, obviously, straight away, sells the candy, gets himself free. You know, it's really proactive stuff, isn't it? Really proactive stuff. And they're looking to go through the corridor, Macca, when they're doing that, which is the most pleasing thing.
you know, and this is the last one. Um, Just the ability to stay in the contest, Maka. I really liked it. This might be Isaac Rankin, I think. So again, the intensity, the little give from uh, Shuey and then Rankin. You know, what we would have done in the past there is dump kick that down the line, Maka. Mm-hmm. You know, nine times out of ten, that gets dump kicked down the line. And Rankin's looking and he can't see anything. Instead of dump kicking it, he's come back inside and look at the options all of a sudden that he's got there as a result of that. He doesn't take them, but he's able to go backwards and then we're able to spread the ball um, across the ground. That was good thinking, really good thinking. You know, and in the first quarter, that would have gone into the forward lines, Mac, and this is that's what I was saying. You know, we, we recognised that we had to spread them out and, um, you know... Um, now we're able to hit up Tex. I think it was Tex. Yeah. Tex on the lead. Now that is being patient, but making sure that you're making the most of uh, the ball in hand and not just dumping in. And that's what I really liked. And really, that's why we ended up being so far in front. You know, we, we monstered them in the first quarter just because really they didn't show up West Coast in the first quarter. But after that, it was our ball movement around the ground and our intensity around the ground. Um, that that was able to keep them at arm's length and keep them at bay. And, you know, we still have a lot to work on with our connection with our forward 50, uh, but we've got blokes that are prepared to run. We've got blokes that are prepared to back each other in. And just our, where, the, where we're looking with ball in hand has changed, in my opinion. Yes. All right, now, um, some other individuals. I thought Max Michelani had a pretty good game. Um, you know, for a skinny kid, Mac, he, uh, he stays in it. Can't remember him making an error, mate. No. Uh, he might end up just being one of those reliable 250-game players like Benny Hart. Well, I, you know, that's who they're starting to compare him to, not saying he's as good as Benny Hart now, but that's saying that that's what he'll develop into, and I think he will. I, I mean, he was cool as a cucumber, you know, and playing at that level, and uh, as I said, I, I can't remember him making an error. No. Um, what do you think of Geordie uh, and um, Nick Murray down back? I, I thought they both did a good job, Uh Dawson is no doubt he's a general, and then you know, and to me, he always had to be captain because he is the general, and um, he he actually plays like a captain. He play, I mean, that massive knock he got in the back, and you know, you and I, we'd go look and be looking for a hospital bed. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. and he, he gets he gets up. They give him a little bit of a rub, and he plays on. You know, um, uh, he's good. He's so he's classy. I mean, to get a player like him is incredible, and we. Picked him up, what, pick 20 or something, something ridiculous like that. I mean, he, I, I can't speak highly enough of Dawson. Um, I thought, and I think Nick Murray was very, very serviceable, very serviceable. What I like about him, he's, he is rough and sometimes he's a little bit crude but um, and maybe gives a free away. But I do like the fact that, you know, if you, earn, if you, get, if you beat Murray for the ball, you're going to get hurt a little bit in the process. 
Well, you're going to have to earn it, aren't you? With, with yep. Nick. Geordie um, Butts, um, Mac, how'd you see his game? Well, Oscar Allen only got the one goal off memory. Uh, and I thought Butts is not 100% back to his best, but I think he's closer to his best than he was at the end of last year. So um, hopefully he will just keep on improving week after week. But I thought overall a reasonably good game. Um, he was a little bit lucky because there wasn't that great pressure—a uh, pressure on him that he will find will come in some games. Um, but yeah, no, he was okay in this game anyhow. Oscar Allen no slouch. Oh, I, I think Jordan Butts has been a little bit unfairly treated. To be honest with you, I don't think that he's done a lot wrong. He's not—he's not employed to be a distributor by foot. He's employed to keep. The uh, the opposition's monster forward quiet, and uh, you know people saying you know he's a slow thinker and all the rest of it. Well, I didn't see Benny Runton think too fast during his two hundred and fifty odd games or how many it was. Um, and Benny Runton's a club champion. You know, I sometimes I think people need to just think about the role that we want some of these players to to do, and then judge them on that role. And Jordan Butts's primary KPI is to stop the ball being marked by their tall forwards and. I I think he's doing quite well, and uh, I don't understand what all the what all the negativity about Butts is at the moment. To be honest, well, I think that was a bit of a carryover from the end of last year because he he didn't finish the year off very well last year. But um, and as I said, I thought it was a, a lift on what he where he was at last year. So um, the true the true uh, value, evaluation of where he's at is when we're playing a game that's really tight, really tense, and he's playing a, on a, a really quality forward. Um, I think in a game like that uh, on last weekend, uh, I think he... Oh, no, Friday. Um, he... he well, I don't think Oscar Allen got very good service of the ball. So most balls were coming in on a 50-50 basis, which did help him. So I'm not, I'm not knocking him. He did his job. There's no doubt about that. Um, um, where he's really, how, at, we'll find out. How many games? Game. How many games has he played? I, I agree with you. He hasn't played a lot, but he's like one of those that are still in the learning process. Where did he come from? The rookie, rookie list. Rookie. Yeah. Some people have got high expectations. Bloody hell! I reckon he's doing more than more than fine. More than fine, Jordan Butts. Quite happy to have him in my in my best twenty two without any problems at all. Same with Nick Murray. I think they don't do a lot wrong. Yes, sometimes they get caught uh, with ball in hand or their disposal is not great, particularly Nick. Uh, but it's up to the uh, flankers uh, to get around him and the on boards to get around him. Um, you know, they're doing uh, their job, in my opinion. No, I didn't knock him. I'm just saying a, uh, a better test of him will come when he's got to play. Um, well, I'd say a gun forward, and when we're playing in a really hard game, but yeah, yep. I, you can only do what you can do. Yep, that's right. And someone made a good point on the chat too. Uh, the modern game really is about team defence. You know, and uh, there were times uh, on Friday night where we were we were structured up very defensively. Mac, we had a couple behind the pill. Um, you know, Dawson's obviously set up as a bit of a quarterback, but we had you know at at times we had two behind the pill. Um, and a lot, a lot of people would say that's very conservative and defensive. But I think it just shows you that in certain uh, 
certain sections of the ground or at certain periods of the game, what you want to be doing is rebounding off that dump kick. And if your midfielders can force a dump kick from uh, your opposition and you've got numbers uh, you know, that kick behind, then you can really springboard off that. And we did that consistently against West Coast. So it's about team defence and uh, everyone playing their role. And I, I felt like we did that pretty well. And one thing I'll say about Dawson that sets him aside from a normal defender is the fact that most defenders in that situation, when they get the ball, rush the ball, try to get it down quickly into the forward line when there may not be a suitable opportunity. Dawson, yeah. he, he mixes and matches. I mean, if there's that suitable opportunity there, he plays on quickly. Other yeah. times you'll go back. Sometimes you think, gee, he's, having a, he's holding the pill up here for a long time. He's just waiting for that lead. And when it comes, bang, he puts it on the chest. Yeah. I think it was classic. Really classic. Yeah. So, Scoot, um, probably uh, a good time. Scoot, good timing, mate, to segue into looking ahead. We've got two weeks now until round one, and uh, our first match is uh, GWS away. They had a good win uh, over the weekend against the Suns, who are just... Geez, if the Suns, If the Suns have another season like they've had for the last four or five you really have to start wondering what the use of that team is because they should be a lot better than they are. And to, for them to get towed up by GWS, fair enough, GWS, GWS are a good side. But the Suns uh, have been, you know, threatening to be coming over the last couple of years. And for them to get towed up like that, horrible. Was that a fair indication of GWS or do you think the Suns just sucked? Well, I always think mostly the Suns always suck. But um, GWS, I think, were, they they played way below their capabilities last year. Um, mm, agreed. I think, I think you know, they're, they're probably about a five or six position uh, higher, better team than they than what were they actually uh, resulted in at the end of the season. Yep. And I and I think at the end of the season they were sort of mixing and matching a little bit just. Uh, for, the, for next year rather than the game they were playing. But, uh, no, they've, they've still got some quality players, GWS. Oh, 100%. So, um, it's not going to be an easy game. You know, um, they've got class, I mean, Kelly is classy. And, um, uh, Nick Leo, Whitfield, I mean, you could rattle off half a dozen. There's no doubt about that, Macca. Um And I, they certainly did play like a disinterested team last year, which is why the change in coach was probably quite timely. Uh, that obviously, uh, you know, Leon Cameron's uh, message was falling flat and so they needed a bit of a refresh. Um, look, I, I think I think they're pro- at their best with their personnel. I think GWS are a top six team. Um, we're obviously not a top six team yet. We've struggled with GWS over the past couple of years, um, mm-hmm. but we're a little bit of a different side. Um, where do you see us maybe having an advantage and where do you see we might struggle? I think that uh, our forward line, our, our, forward, our forward structure uh, is very good. It is very good. And I think that uh, going by the defence, um, it looked good last year when Hemmelberg was there, but they've got him up forward again this year. Um, I, I think that they, they still do have some nice, a couple of nice players back there, but um, I, I think it'll, again the game's probably going to get decided in, in the middle. I mean, they do have like a Canilio, they have a Kelly, 
Um, uh, there's a, what's the other lad's name? Green. 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 They've got they've got good mids, but if we can actually break even in the middle, then I think we will win because I think we've got the superior forward setup. Well, Maka, from my from my perspective, all it's going to take is for us to bring pressure to GWS, and they will wilt because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about their personnel. They have shown over over a period of time that they are a soulless, heartless team and they don't like working hard. And what they're going to come up against against Adelaide in round one is a team that is relentless and that won't back down when there are a couple of goals down or whatever. And that's the sort of side that GWS doesn't like. So I'm tipping right now that the first time um, one of their mids gets run down when they think they're in the clear, they will drop their heads. And uh, I'm tipping that we will win away um, by three or four goals and start the season really well. I'm tipping us to win as well by by roughly about the same margin. I was going to say anything up between four to five, but um, uh, I do think we do have a, a better side, um, even in spite of you know they've got stars and lesser players. And um, I don't think well, Bruce. I'm not sure that he'll actually be playing. Um, I don't know whether you, whether you saw that tackle of his. Where he's grabbed somebody. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, do you actually pick somebody up and then dump them on their head? I don't know. Yeah. It was a real old school. It was an old school dump, wasn't it? Well, it was. And, uh, I mean, he's not the favoured boy at the tribunal. And, I mean, he keeps visiting him, so he gets a lot of free coffee while he's waiting, I suppose. But um, he's been up there a lot of times. No, I, I don't know. He might get game, he might not. Yeah. But I, I no, think look, we, uh, I, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I, I think we'll, we'll probably go in with a side very, very similar to what we uh, fielded. Uh, Malera might come into the side. Um, I don't know oh, I don't who so. they drop. I, I was going to say, I'm not sure who they drop out. Um, but... Um, I personally wouldn't bring Miller back straight in. I think he should play in the twos and show us that he's in form and in his spot as well, if that's the philosophy of the, of the team at the moment. Who um, does Miller come in for? Well, it would probably be uh, a little peepee in the back pocket. No, I don't reckon. I don't reckon. I don't reckon. I reckon Parnell stays in. Well... Look, I, I'm in, I'm in favour with you on that particular topic. I, I'm, that's the only potential possibility if they did that, but I wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. Put it I'm this afraid. way: Miller didn't. Miller was already borderline in terms of selection, in my opinion. He hadn't shown a huge amount in the game against Fremantle, um, so I'd I'd be surprised if he came in. Look, someone asked what a GWS's weakness. I think apart from their their downhill skiing uh, attitude, I think they could be fragile in defence. I think they're going to struggle to match up with our forward firepower. Um, I, You know, uh, we've got a lot of options down there and I think the one that might bob up is um, McAdam um, against them. Uh, I think they'll struggle to, to cover uh, Tex Fogg and Himmelberg as well as McAdam aerially. Um, but a lot will depend on our connection between midfield and forward 50, Macca. We need to 
be patient uh, and do similar things to what we did after quarter time against West Coast, and that's just you know spread the field, use the lanes, uh, try and get separation rather than just dump kick. Yeah, PJ Crow's made a very uh, cutting remark, which I think is correct, that uh, Miller is the new Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I think yeah. he's not far off the mark. Not far off the mark. I just one comment I want to make about Pedler. You forget the guy's only played five games for him. Oh yeah, I mean, he's a put, tough. He's a tough bloke. I thought that he's for a, a guy that's played five games, that was very impressive. He's a he's a good old fashioned footballer. Do you know who who he reminds me of? With a with a touch more pace, Gary McIntosh. Definitely a lot more pace than Gary McIntosh. Yeah, yeah. But that but, style of play. Yeah. That style of play. Yeah. Yeah, no, Gary McIntosh wasn't he, slow. He slowed down as he got older, but McIntosh wasn't slow. He certainly wasn't a speedster. But just that that tough hardness at the ball and and that you know that really nice left foot kick. That's who I see. Yeah, and I find him very very impressive. And uh, as I say, five games. You know, most guys don't do that in five games. Which, uh, no. And uh, no. I want to talk about Rankin. Uh, Rankin had a shocker of a first quarter. He gave away either yeah. three or four free kicks, and I think he might have yeah. only had about the one touch himself. But to his credit, he started to get into the game a little bit in the second quarter, and I thought his second half was very good. Look, he's, he's that kind of player, Macca, right? And he did actually push up the ground and play a few midfield minutes in the second half too, and he was quite serviceable. I, you know, he, Isaac's that kind of player. Um one week he's going to, the ball's going to bounce his way and he's going to kick five. And the mm. next week the ball's not going to bounce his way and he's going to give a few away and look pretty ordinary. But I think mm. the, the thing with Isaac is the more the more often he, he is away from goal, the better he's going to be. And as much as he's dangerous around the stick smacker, I think his real value is up around that high half forward mark um, you know, around the wings, maybe once once or twice through the midfield uh, in CBAs or whatever, he, that's where his true value is going to be. Yep, and but there'll be times when he'll, as you say, he'll be also in the forward lines and the ball will back go his way and he'll, or he's read it better than anybody else and he'll kick a, kick a bag as well. So, um, you know, he's got, he's got versatility in him. Yeah. He's and a mercurial like, player. He's not going to. He's not your Sam Berry turn up every week and just, you know, bash out twenty five really strong hard possessions. That's not Isaac Rankin. No, the other two I just want to quickly mention is Rochelle and Saligo. You look at the actual number of stats that they had, and you say that's not outstanding. But if you look back at what they did with every one of those stats, it was outstanding. Yeah, well, I mean, we highlighted those those blokes in our uh, in our little package, Macca. Uh, their ability to step through traffic, their composure, um, they're sneaky quick. Uh, they're able to get separation. They've built up some strength through the core. They can stand up in tackles. Lot to like there. Lot to like. Sure is. No, very. No, I, I I think you know we've had the uh, almost near perfect. Uh, Preparation for the season. We've had uh, minimum number of injuries, and uh, so we're going in there with you know virtually a full team, um, and we're also going in there with our tails up because we've actually played pretty well. 
So, well, however the season pans out, you couldn't ask for a better pre-season, in my opinion. Well, and the beauty of it is, Mac, uh, you know, I, I've got us finishing in the in the bottom half of the eight. Um, but whether we do or not, the thing is we're going to get a season now of seeing Rochelle, Saligo, Schoenberg, um, uh, Mitch Hinge off the wing. Uh, well, he was you good. Know, you know, Lukey Pedler getting some games. We get, this is now this is now the side, right? So for better or worse, this is now the side. Um, you're not going to see a lot. I, I dare say you're not going to see a lot of McHenry. I don't think you're going to see a lot of Lockie Murphy. Um, you're not going to see a great deal of Matty Crouch, I don't think, um, who might come out for Miller. Now that I think about it, um, you know this is the new breed now, and we are done with the uh, you know just giving them games on the periphery. Then they they now have the keys to the side, um, and we'll see what happens over the next twenty three rounds. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and you know Jad in the chat saying, "Does Nick survive at the end of the season?" Fina Mac, well. I can't. I've always said that this is the litmus test for for Matty Nix. Um, that he needed to develop a game plan that could win games rather than just uh, save scores. And uh, you know we've played two you know half-assed preseason games, so there's a lot to come. But it is noticeable. It is noticeable that the game plan has changed, in my opinion. But it has. There's no doubt about it. I, I, I like the change too. Yeah, you know, it's got to hold up under pressure. Uh, the disposal has been flaky, uh, but it look, has looked good um, so far. Uh, it needs to stand up under pressure, but that's you know it probably won't at times, and that's that's tr- a practice and experience. Um, but I think um, if if what we're doing is developing a, a side that can slingshot off half back but also uh, dispose of the ball down the field. And we saw both those styles of play evident against West Coast and Fremantle. Uh, you know, so we've got two modes, um, you know, uh, together with some real intensity around the contest. I, I don't think that's a bad brand, Maka, to be honest. No, I agree. Uh, we, we do have a pretty tough start for the first five games. Yeah, but we four of them are at home. Well, that's true. That's true, but uh, cover them against very good sides, of course. Yeah, but we've got an easy one against Port in round three. <laughs> Chalk that one up I, for a W. I, I hope you're right. I really do. <laughs> Mate, I think we might wrap it up here. There's no one else waiting to have a chat. Um, look, it's been a really good discussion again tonight. We've had amazing support on the chat um, in the live studio audience. It was great to have um, some blokes on uh, having a chat and sharing their opinions with us. Vardy Magic has absolutely, absolutely just missed the boat again, Mac. It's disappointing. Well... I think he's got to, he's got to make a promise that he'll come on next time. Laryngitis, he he's saying that he's saying laryngitis now. Unbelievable. That, that will be fixed next week. Vardy Magic, you are on next week, and oh. we'll be calling on every member of the out there to actually lampoon you if you don't. 
you got to so, come on, mate. You got absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's. I think the peak group pressure is now quite high, Mac. To be honest with you. Oh, let's raise it higher. Let's, let's <laughs> really put it on. So, a few things just before we go: footy tipping contest, uh, fantasy footy. There's plenty of spots left. Get around us on Discord because there's plenty of chat going on during the week as well. Um, so if you're listening to us on YouTube, uh, there's a link in the description for Discord. Uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Give us a review on iTunes. Uh, what else, Mac? Uh, t-shirt competition in Discord. Um, um, where's Crotato? Crotato, did you get your buddy T-shirt? Just say yes or no in chat. But there are all the things that we've got. No tea yet. Well, that's interesting because it sent last Wednesday. Anyway, we better check up on that. Um, all these things uh, in Discord, so get around it. Thanks, everyone, so much for your for your uh, support. Uh, we've got a couple of weeks left to go. There's Formula One on later on tonight. Macca, Oscar Piastri making his debut. It's all happening. In the meantime, everyone stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone. Yeah. Good night. Good night, mate.